0: This is Global Marxism. I am Frank Goss. I appreciate your participation and hope this information provides you with food for thought as we consider the confusion we're facing in America today. Most of us have no idea what Marxism actually is. We need to define terms not according to our opinion but based on proven facts. Our politicians are telling us You're as free as we say you are. Now, how can this even be possible? Let's back up and consider our history. Let's look and see what is meant when Barack Obama said that he wanted to fundamentally change America. Let's see if these things are indeed remotely possible. The following is information that I've gathered from a man named William Haupt III of Center Square. When we begin to look at our situation here in America, we need to always ask, how did we get here? How did this happen? What do we got to do? We need to back up and see what important people have said and how they've contributed to the, the events that we're watching take place. You know, there's power in words, and words that can be set on fire from hell will burn down a civilization. Barack Obama said there's a little difference between socialism and communism. Both control resources without private enterprise. In both, government has the first and the last say on everything. Those of us who lived through the horrors of the Cold War ran for cover under our desks when the air raid sirens were tested and witnessed Cubans on makeshift rafts navigating the Florida Straits, escaping to the U.S. They can't fathom why anyone would choose socialism over capitalism. It makes no sense. As a child, I vividly recall having to sit under my desk or march into the hall and sit along the walls as we went through the drill. I had no clue what we were doing or or why. I just knew I was doing what I was told to do. Now, today, now I know. Imagine an entire nation of children having to practice the drill. I was oblivious to the meaning of my actions and what this represented. My parents, however, were a different story. There was a modicum of fear that rested in the background of the minds of the adult in that day. World War II was not a distant memory for many. My father was part of the United States Air Force during Korea, and there were many of our neighbors and friends who had fought in Europe. They knew the hell of war. They had seen it, smelled it, tasted it, experienced it. They knew the dread and the fear that crawled into the tent with the soldier every night. Some could not chase the black dogs away. Me? I just sat innocently under a small wooden desk that the government paid for, and that the government somehow imagined would shield me from a nuclear explosion. Also, I was convinced that I could fly like Superman if I had a pile big enough pinned around my neck. Children of my generation grew up with the thoughts and imaginations like this. My parents lived with the fears and the reality of these things, and personally, my kids today, who are grown, have had no concept of war outside of some news reports that my wife and I censored while they were little. They have not known fear of this kind. They're victims of a war that they have been totally unaware of. And we're presently seeing the results of this warfare. It's an ideological war, a political war. In 2016, when we watched socialist Bernie Sanders winning primary after primary, and his largest group of supporters were 30 years old and younger, we wonder how can history repeat itself so quickly and so easily in our own lifetime, in a country like ours? It reminds me of biblical stories, how soon, how soon we forget. We're reminded daily of the evils of communism and socialism by our parents, teachers, ministers, and rabbis. TV reporters fed us a constant diet of stories about the struggles and hardships behind the Iron Curtain, aptly named by Winston Churchill. Every day, our newspapers would show graphic images and report on the tragedies and cruelty of those living within the Eastern Bloc countries what they suffered at the hands of despotic leaders. We feared this would happen to us if we did not vigilantly defend our own liberty here on American soil. But this is all forgotten now. It's a past memory. We might as well be speaking of Alexander the Great or the Peloponnesian Wars. Lenin knew communism would be a tough sell to his people, so he turned to socialism to achieve communism. By convincing the gullible and the jobless, they collectively controlled all economic and social resources. He created a new brand of communism called Leninism. This is where we get the idea of Marxist Leninism. In his State and Revolution, he wrote, Socialism is just the lower phase of communism used to facilitate true communist plurality, which is its highest phase. Karl Marx believed socialism was the easiest road to pure communism. In the early 1960s, during the height of the Red Scare, Political theorist Cleon Skosin released a shocking book entitled The Naked Communist. It became an immediate bestseller around the globe. It was even used as a reference book for the CIA, the FBI, and the White House. It found its way into homes throughout the United States and overseas. It was excerpted and translated into seven different languages. Today, Mr. Skosin is reviled and ridiculed by the Democrats as being an ultra-conservative, part of a fringe group of extremists. He's followed by the geriatric groups, frumpy old guys who long for the way things used to be, walking on canes, uh, bushy mustaches, and heavy eyebrows. They attend meetings in their house shoes and experience new body sound every day, particularly when trying to stand up or preparing to sit down. People who are adherents to the conspiracy-minded groups, like the John Birch Society or the Eagle Forum of Phyllis Schlafly. Well, to be more precise, let's consider just how radical Cleon Skosin actually was and what kind of adherence he spawned. Phyllis Schlafly underwent a tremendous amount of ridicule. She was a lawyer and a writer turned political activist. She was a Christian, which to the communists is always a bad sign. She was the mother of six. Miss Schlafly became a conservative activist who stood in opposition to the women's rights movement, something she never should have done. She was vehemently opposed by Marxist women leaders such as Bella Abzug, Betty Friedan, noted Marxist, and Gloria Steinem. She's always depicted Ms. Shapley as being in opposition to causes such as feminism, gay rights, and abortion. Key issues, issues that concern you and me, she's always saying no. She was never seen as a woman in support of anything. Forget the fact that she stood for biblical principles, sexual purity, and the right to life for the unborn. These are all negatives, actually. She opposed the Equal Rights Amendment and was the primary agent in its derailment. Can you imagine such a woman would be applauded? Her argument was that this amendment would open the door for abortion on demand, same-sex marriage, and, and women in the draft. She stood and the ERA failed. She was ridiculed and mocked. The left made her out to be just another extremist along the line of Chicken Little in the sky falling and in the group of those such as Cleon Skosin. Would America dare to allow abortion on demand? How ridiculous. Utter foolishness. Same-sex marriage? Are you kidding? Women can't have wives, nor men husbands. This is silly. Her imagination was getting the best of her, and she always took it to the extreme. And women in the draft? Come on. She was an absurd woman who needed to mind her own business and go wash her own dishes and sit in her own home. Was she daft? 50 years later, let's see. Today in America, we have abortion on demand, to the point that we can now murder a living child after it has been born, according to Ralph Northam, former governor of Virginia. Our Supreme Court has let all Americans know that the homosexual unions are now permissible. A woman can have a wife, and a man can have a husband. These are all put forth in the Constitution. Read it for yourself. As for women being called on to serve, yeah, yeah. But old Phyllis Schlafly, she was a radical. Ah, she was more like a prophet of old. Scelson? Well, this man was nothing more than extreme right-wing radical, a fanatic, a Mormon lewd. A Mormon. Christians could not dare to accept anything a Mormon has to say. He dared to speak of a group of international bankers and financiers who would form a group that were bent on destroying the Constitution of the United States. Can you imagine? A group who would radicalize the left and foment insurrection. Ha! A group of oligarchs who would suggest that we would all be stripped down to nothing and have nothing and be absolutely happy. These men would aim at a one-world collective society. What a fertile imagination this guy had. You would think he knew Klaus Schwab personally and that he was a member of the World Economic Forum. Just how extreme was Mr. Scosin? He went as far as agreeing with Ezra taft Benson: The greatest watchdog of our freedom is an informed electorate. Communists despised, and still do, the educated mind. They oppose an educated public. They loved John Dewey and John D. Rockefeller. Scosin has been maligned, belittled, ridiculed, mocked, accused, scorned, and smeared in every way possible. If you're associated with his name, then you're marked for exclusion and cancellation. Dare you consider anything this dark, paranoid, crazy, far-left pseudo-historian has to say? Asked David Korn, an extremely left radical journalist for the extremely progressive publication Mother Jones. This is precisely why we need to pay close attention to what Skosin has to say. Beware when all men speak good of you. Skosin was a highly respected FBI agent and an advisor to presidents and universities about the dangers of communist infiltration into our institutions. He lectured in every state in North America and over 60 countries. He was a scholar of law and history and specialized in the United States Constitution. In his book, he reveals how communists passively take control of a nation with progressive engineering. Communists possess the fortitude and knowledge to slowly re-engineer society, he said. Critics considered Skosin a radical, whose theories were extreme, since he used analogies and hypotheticals to exemplify how communists and socialists work. Few Americans realized how the communists had literally infiltrated our nation. He illustrates how they maneuver their way into society through the youth of the nation. They get them to call upon socialism, which is the precursor to communism. And when society one day realizes how it is now is not how it was back then— And it certainly is not how it's going to be in the future. When that comes as a realization, it's too late, because now the youth will be in control, and there will be a totalitarian status quo. Skosin had insights that not many people possessed, and he unveiled the deceptive nature of communism. He details how communists and socialists strategically infiltrate an existing political party in order to achieve their objectives and to spread propaganda through spoon fed information that they're giving public media. This was the first time anyone defined how people in capitalist nations are persuaded to choose communism or socialism at the expense of their own personal liberty and freedom. Why would you do this? Because you're being lulled to sleep one spoonful at a time. Just a little. Just a little. Just relax, go to sleep, and when you wake up, it'll all be better. Scotians shocked America and the rest of the free world, pointing out how easily these things were achieved. Few people were aware that it was happening. They were watching everything being done in plain sight. Vladimir Lenin said this, we must replace individualism with collectivism without society knowing about it. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I drove by a little elementary school here in my little rural town in the mountains of Appalachia. On the sign out front is the saying, together, everyone achieves more. Team, right? Team. We're all a team. We're not individuals. Individualism is bad and selfish. You don't think of yourself. You think of the team. This is collectivism. Skosin's book, Naked Communists, depicts a geopolitical strategy of the Marxist-Leninist Soviets, their plan to take control of all government outside of the communist bloc. In the book filled an urgent need, a vacuum, to explain modern totalitarianism, and this was published, remember, back in 1958. People learn the tactics communists and socialists use in political parties in order to gain political and social influence in a society. Start small. Join the school board. Then get elected to the city council, have an influence, spread your ideas. See if you can get on state legislature, move into that, spread your ideas. This is how it works. Slowly, patiently, they assume key leadership roles and slowly introduce anti-democratic dogma and leftist ideology repeatedly over and over and over. And by the end of the day, you're embracing these thoughts as your own. Skosin claimed history is proof communists and socialists stick to their tried and true basic successful tactics within set timetables to reach their goals. He pointed out that they have already invaded mainstream media and were weakening our nation with passive acceptance of socialism and communism. A key stratagem is to destroy the family in order to impair the bonding unit that, that creates and molds character and morality. And if you can strip people of the morality, you can destroy the people. This also will serve to diminish any semblance of Judeo-Christian values. Religion has to be destroyed. In his penetrating look into the geopolitical future, he set forth 45 communist goals to turn capitalism into a communist socialist state. I personally have these printed out and have looked at them and read them, and you can safely say that 40 of these goals have been achieved in America under the guise of liberalism. Jimmy Carter handed over education when he created the Department of Education in 1979. Now, progressives use public schools to indoctrinate our youth following common core principles, which was put forth by Barack Hussein Obama. It's essential that we educate the educator so that we can control how they educate others. This was said by Karl Marx. Under Obama's extensive governmental social engineering, federals control our health care. Parents... Today, they surrender their siblings to government-approved pre-K education. This has dramatically affected the family bonding and moral development within our youth. Check out the young people today. Very seldom do parents speak to their children regarding issues concerning God and morality. As a result of this, fewer young Americans attend family church. And this is growing smaller and smaller and smaller. It's happening today. The church is in a free fall. Cleon Scosin wrote, A Communist Most Vital Tool... Is the media. Socialists invaded our newsrooms during the Cold War in order to spread acceptance of communism, and they've moved public opinion greatly since then. We're seeing things that we never would have imagined to be true. They skew the news on elections to elect radical leftists and excoriate conservatives, anybody that holds up right from wrong. They pre sold Barack Obama to the American public and they facilitated his re engineering of our socioeconomic architecture. The media has done everything in their power to destroy the successful presidency of Donald J. Trump. Trump had done things in, during his presidency that no other president had done in recent history. And yet all this came to naught. It meant nothing. Why? Because it was destroying what the communists and the Marxists had built up for years and for decades. Trump was peeling back the onion, and we were beginning to see. Whether Cleon Skosin was an insightful political analyst or or a psychic clairvoyant. His message was astute. He critiqued the formula communists and socialists use to take away control of a nation. And it's daunting to see how many of their goals are etched today in United States history. Goal number 15 was to capture a political party. Gee, have they done that? We don't need to look any farther than the presidency of Barack Obama and the rise of socialism within the Democrat Party today. Sixty years ago, he warned us about this. He told us that this would happen in America if we were to fall asleep at the will as guardians of our democracy, and guess what? We fell asleep. Marx told us, theory is capable of gripping the masses as soon as it demonstrates ad hominem, and it demonstrates ad hominem as soon as it becomes radical. This is what the liberal-controlled media has done to our political environment, and we have bought into it without realizing what we were doing. We've taken their bait, hook, line, and sinker. And now, with Joe Biden at the helm, they're hell-bent on finishing the job Barack Obama started. We cannot expect the Americans to jump from capitalism to communism, but we can feed them small doses of socialism until they awake to find that in reality, they're communist. Nikita Khrushchev said this. Through the efforts of public education, we have had our intelligence dumbed down. Political discussia has ruined our taste. The stench of Marxism has now become a pleasant aroma to our youth. Our history is being allowed to be stripped away as we stand by and watch them tear down our statues. Facts are revised and retold, and our heroes are now seen as despots. Che Guevara is emblazoned on our child's t-shirts. The Bible is outlawed and considered to be filled with hate speech. Homosexuals are revered, and transsexuals are celebrated. Drugs are legalized, and young men dream of becoming pot farmers. Churches are preaching social justice and critical race theory, inspiring racism and supporting Marxist principles. Our leaders thrive in corruption and lies, flagrantly acting in total disregard of the Constitution and moving with impunity. Our economy is in shambles. Our government is allowing anybody to cross in our country with absolute liberty. We're providing them money and places to live, and we're transporting them freely on airplanes that you're paying for with your tax dollars. This is against the law. But yet, it is being done with impunity. A government was overthrown, and the will of the people was raped. And a presidential election was stolen. And we sit by refusing to do anything about it. We're being told to look the other way. There's nothing to see here. It's a big lie. Lie after lie after lie is wasted upon us. And we're told to open wide and swallow. Confusion, chaos, unemployment. Government paying for many to stay home and not work. Supply chain issues that have never happened before in American history. Food shortages. Businesses collapsing. And we're being told that we can't leave our homes and that we must wear a mask. Please tell me, is this significant? Is this America? Is this the home of the free and the brave? Is this what you want? We're being told that January 6, 2021 was the greatest insurrection ever seen. Yet the only person killed was Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed individual murdered by a Capitol policeman. Lies and more lies. And lie again. The longer you lie, the more susceptible the people are to believe it. And I know, I know, I know. Everything I'm saying to you is a conspiracy theory, right? Really, everything is just going to be okay. Just relax. Don't get worked up. Don't, Don't get disturbed. Go out for the weekend. Enjoy the family. Have a good time. There's nothing to see here. I had a guy that I know tell me last year. I voted for Joe Biden to stop the BS in Washington. When I heard this, I thought instantly of his ignorance and his unwillingness to study the issues. I sent word back to him recently, thanking him for everything he has done for our country. Thank you, guy. Thanks a lot. Doss with Vintage Broadcasting. We do appreciate your participation in listening to our broadcast. We hope that it benefits you in some way and that you'll continue listening in the days to come.